Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back to the High Low Sports Podcast. This is Thursday's edition called The Checkdown, where we'll be just myself, DJ, giving you basically a quick little update, thoughts and opinions on the week's sports topics to this point. Today I'm going to be talking about the BMF UFC title fight, quote-unquote title fight, some of the other fights on the undercard, as well as some NBA awards predictions. We're going to start in the NBA, and we're going to look at most improved. There's a few good options for this one, but I'm going to go with Brandon Ingram. He showed some really strong flashes late in the season with the Lakers last year before he got injured and had that issue. And so far early this year, he's actually kind of proved up to that, looking really good. Zion being out, I think, kind of opens the door for him as well. Having two point guards with Lonzo and Drew means he's going to get a lot of opportunities. And I don't think there's really a whole lot of other guys on that team that can get their own shot besides really Drew, honestly. I mean, Josh Hart can snipe for you, but I think Brandon Hart, Brandon Ingram sorry, is going to get a lot of points this year. I can see him averaging 20 to 25-ish, somewhere in that area. Now on to six man. This is where it gets kind of interesting. Lou Williams is definitely the de facto favorite. But other guys I think it can can contend for it happen to both be on the same team. If Kyle Kuzma is coming off the bench, I think he averages 22 points off the bench and he can run away with the sword. But if the Lakers put him in the starting lineup, I can see Dwight Howard having a real shot at that six-man award. I, he can average 15 and 12 coming off the bench, get you a couple of blocks. He's shown kind of a new life early on this, this season. And I think because he can do it on both ends of the floor and he can give the Lakers 
kind of that big that big man later in games, so Anthony Davis doesn't have to play the five all the time because he doesn't seem too keen on playing the five. So I think Dwight Howard can have a strong case for sixth man of the year. Rookie of the year before the season, it was Zion Williamson this, Zion Williamson that. The he was it wasn't even contested it was going to be him. I you look at R.J. Barrett on kind of a bad team can get a lot of shots up. He can probably average a good. He could have some good numbers, but I'm going to go with John Morant, the the point guard for the Grizzlies. He's had some shining moments early in the season. I mean, 30 and 10 against Kyrie Irving. He, I think he just has that that right mindset to come right out and not dominate, but play it really well early. Get you 18 points, eight assists on on a team where basically the ball is going to be in his hands all the time. There's nobody else on that team that that you really have to worry about, or even really can handle the ball or create their own shot. So I'm looking at John Morant to have a strong rookie year and possibly use that as a jumping point for the rest of his career. And now the defensive player of the year. This one I think we will finally see a different guy besides Kawhi or Rudy Gobert. I think this year Giannis will come out with a vengeance. He had a strong case for it last year. Him and Paul George were not that far behind in the race. But I'm going to say Giannis will take it this year. I think he's going to have like a... after last year, he's going to have a renewed commitment to the defensive end. And he was already fantastic last year. So now he's going to be more focused on blocks, staying in front of his guy, clamping down, using his go-go gadget arms to get a few snags, get, snag the ball a few times. And I just think he's going to he's going to show an ability to clamp down in the perimeter as well as paint defend. And now to MVP. The choices for everyone are Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, the same ones along those lines. I think LeBron's playing like an MVP, and if he plays like this for 75, 76 games and doesn't miss too many, it'll be an easy case for him. There's James Harden. He's going to probably average like he's going to have stupid numbers again. Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard. I still think he's the best player in the world right now. But Kawhi and LeBron, they, they're going to take some games off for load management for the playoffs, and that's great, but for a regular season award, I don't know how well it'll work out. And then... When I look at Anthony Davis, he's gonna lose. He's gonna lose some award buzz because he's on the same team as LeBron, James Harden, and Westbrook. I feel like they're gonna have a lot of back and forth. Like their averages will be fantastic, but it'll be kind of like it is the last few years when James Harden kind of beats the heck out of the ball, then fires up a step back or gets fouled. It's not gonna get him the same buzz. So I'm looking at Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. I know they've had kind of a rougher start to the season. They haven't exactly got it going. I still still think with their their cohesion, they've played together. I mean, him and CJ have been together for years. A lot of the surrounding pieces are there. Last year, they got to the conference finals, and then they added Hassan Whiteside. That gives them a real paint defender. Zach Holmes is going to come back later in the season. Same with Nurkic. I think they're going to finish strong, get in that top three to four seed-ish area because they're going to be playing hard every night. They're not going to do a lot of load management. Dames looked fantastic early in this year for the most part. He's dunking on people. He's still shooting eight. He'll still make eight threes a game. He's still logo Lillard. And honestly, I think he's just going to come out the vengeance, kind of like what Steph Curry did a few years ago. Maybe not to the same extent because Steph was in another world. But I can see Dame on this team just putting up shot after shot after shot. I can see him giving you 30 and eight on a nightly basis, just the way a lot of these teams are built in the West and the way that they don't play every night, if that makes sense. Plus, Damian Lillard, the team goes through him. He's going to always have numbers. So I think if they make a run, Damian Lillard's my dark horse slash prediction for league MVP. Although if LeBron plays 76 games, 75 games at the rate he's playing right now, 
it's probably going to be uncontested. Same with Kawhi. I just think their load management is going to lose them some votes down the stretch. Now we're going to transition things to the Octagon, where we had probably the most hyped-up UFC event of the year, and honestly, for quite a while, when Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal locked horns for the BMF title, the first and hopefully the only one. The belt was really cool and it was fun, but hopefully they don't do that again. It was really fun for this situation. It was like a a once-in-a-lifetime perfect storm. But when we look at the fight, obviously kind of a disappointing ending getting stopped by cuts. Those cuts were pretty gnarly. I think you could have let the fourth round at least get started, and if those cuts get a lot worse, stop it there. But you can't really fault fault a doctor for stopping because they were pretty gnarly. But what I think really was the story of the fight was how Jorge started off early because we know Nate Diaz is a pressure fighter. He loves to get in people's faces, rough them up, get them against the cage, and just overwhelm them with death by a thousand paper cuts. What happened in this fight is when he got into the clinch that was different than a lot of other ones, he hits him with a lot of little little punches, just constantly badgering, constantly in their face, constantly touching him. And then the other person is usually defending or just trying to hold on. What Jorge did is he actually was he was brutal in the clinch. He'd fire back with big, nasty elbows. That first one that basically rocked Nate, he would hit Nate back in the clinch with strong, heavy shots. He wasn't just sitting there taking it trying to defend, he was throwing his own devastating shots. And then when Nate was rocked and ate that kind of head kick, it was a, they hit him in the head, it was a low head kick. I think that kind of set the tone for the rest of the fight, that, hey, Jorge is here and he's not going anywhere. And the fact that he can do significant damage while not gassing out. A lot of other opponents will gas out after that first round or so if they do any damage. But that's because they're throwing heavy shots and trying to kill Nate. Jorge just happened to hit really hard and time the shots. So I think Jorge won probably all three rounds. Maybe Nate could have taken one of them, but I'd, and he's probably going to come on strong. I think Nate was going to win the next two rounds. I was excited for rounds four and five. But Jorge was ready to go. He didn't show any signs of being gassed. I think he just showed that he's, he's the guy right now because he has the ability to knock people out, and he has the conditioning on top of it. Nate... He's fantastic. The two fights in three years after the layoff, I think, might have affected him a little bit. And hopefully we don't have to wait another three years to see him. Hopefully he can get healed up, get those get those cuts and scars taken up, get some scar tissue taken out. Maybe we can see a rematch towards the end of the year. That'd be kind of cool if Jorge fights the winner of Colby Covington and Kamara Usman next month. He fights the winner of that. And if he, whether win, lose, or draw, then his next fight could be against Nate. Whether Nate gets another fight in between or not, I think I think it's a fight everyone wants to see again. And if you put a world title on the line in addition, that could be a fun twist as well. And there's not a whole lot of anyone else at welterweight that's really in line after Camaro and Colby t- fight. So it makes sense for it to be Jorge next. So I don't see a problem with that. And honestly, you could have made a case that Jorge should have got the shot before Covington. So you're splitting hairs on that one. Then when we look at some of the undercard fights, Darren Till... Fantastic, strong, smart fight against Kelvin Gaslam. Completely nullified him in his first fight at middleweight. He made Kelvin Gaslam, who was one of the more scary contenders in the division, just the way his, his really quick little blitz with his hands, how he gets inside and swarms you. He's so small at the weight class, but he gets inside and throws so many punches in tight, you can't really defend it with some of these bigger guys. So that's what I thought was kind of interesting out Darren Till neutralized. But anytime he came close, he basically clinched and threw him off. He looked really good at distance. I think Darren Till could be at least one fight away from a title already. He's big at the weight class. He's strong. He's athletic. I think he's even faster. 
I'm excited to see Darren Till at middleweight. This is where he belongs, and it's going to be great. The rest of the card, there was a few few interesting ones. Corey Anderson getting the nod over Johnny Walker. It was a, a good performance by Corey Anderson. Acted kind of like an idiot afterwards. I still don't think he should have a title shot. I mean, you beat the 11th-ranked guy. You've been you've been dusted pretty recently. You have, I think, a three-fight winning streak. Haven't beat anybody ranked above you. You're still only ranked seven. Make him fight at, like, a, the fourth-ranked guy or something. I don't know. He needs... He needs at least one more fight, but if he's, he seems to think he's entitled to. So if he wants it, have him fight after Dominic Reyes and John Jones. Maybe he could fight the winner of that. I think Jones and Reyes is the next fight to make. And Kevin Lee, the man everybody is talking about, probably besides Diaz and Masvidal, with the brutal head kick hurt around the world. He absolutely baptized Gregor Gillespie, and that was that was f- interesting to see from Kevin Lee because he's not really known as a head kick guy. He's, Kind of a stiff. He's kind of stiff in the standup, is what he's been known as. With athletic wrestling and the ability to basically mix it together, is what made him a strong, made him such a strong fighter. But this fight, my goodness, he looked so good on the feet. He was clean. He was crisp. He was tight. And the way he set up that head kick, he he set Gregor up to lean directly into it, and he shut the lights out in New York. It was amazing. If this is the new Kevin Lee we're going to see training with Faraz Sahabi who's one of the best technicians we've seen in the in the fight game. He could be a force at lightweight. I could see him being reborn and contending with those top three or four guys like he was before. And I, I don't know if some of those guys even want it. Like him and Khabib could be an interesting matchup because Kevin, obviously not right away, like get, Kevin get one or two more fights in, maybe even three. But he's a young kid. He's like 26, 27 years old. Let him get a couple of fights with Faraz. This new stand-up game he's starting to develop plus his strong wrestling base. Could make a heck of a fight for Khabib down the line. And him and a Tony rematch, that could be another fun fight too because Tony did catch him the first time, but it wasn't after a really, really strong performance early by Kevin Lee. So those were kind of the ones that stuck out to me. I mean, there was obviously that heavyweight, I have no idea how to pronounce his name, starching Arlovsky in a matter of seconds. And now he's going to fight Alistair Overeem too. So he's stepping right up to the plate and climbing quickly. It's... So he could be a fun heavyweight to watch too, because he's got the he's got really heavy hands and he's athletic. Then when I look at Derek Lewis, one of his better performances, he didn't knock anybody out, but he looked calm, he looked relaxed, he controlled the fight. This was a really good, a new, invigorated Derek Lewis, and he looked in better shape than he normally does. So so he's another one. Derek Lewis could be making a run, maybe a second run for the heavyweight contendership. Overall, it was probably the best night of fights we've had in a long time. It was stacked from top to bottom. Pretty much all of them lived up to it. The co-main event wasn't the most exciting fight, but it was still a really good fight. The main event was really, really good. It just had an unfortunate ending. And so those undercard fights, people showed up and showed out. So this was one of the best events we've had in a long, long time. And then when I look at the NFL... There's a few teams out there. We're going to talk about them more this weekend. We're also going to do our mid-season awards for them. But I will say there are some surprise teams and some teams that have stuck out, as well as some teams when you look at them, it's like, oh, I expected more from them. Mostly the Jets I'm looking at. I expected them to be decent, but they look terrible, and they're trying to get rid of everybody. So that's kind of all for this shorter edition of the of the Checkdown here on Thursday. We're going to have our longer, full episodes on. We're probably going to try and record them on Sundays or Mondays. It's just kind of hard to match up our schedules right now. but And feel free to let us know on our Facebook or Twitter pages who you think had a better NBA awards prediction list, myself or Kelsey. Well, this is all for The Checkdown. I'm DJ. We'll see you again in a few days.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.